0: Conversations on the Leading Edge of Knowledge and Discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we are going to explore the influence of ancient Greek culture on modern society. With me is Elaine Dundon, co-author with her husband Alex Patakos of The Opa Way. She's also author of the business bestseller, The Seeds of Innovation, and a former faculty member at the University of Toronto. Welcome, Elaine.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey.
1: It's good to be with you.
0: And of course, I want to say, Opa! Uh
1: Uh-huh. Well, Opa is an expression of joy. It's also, I understand, an expression of warning or danger.
0: Yes, we wrote in our book, The Opa Way, there's three definitions of Opa. The first one we trace back to Homer, which really means, as you said, the celebration or joy of life. Mm -hmm. But the converse, the opposite of it, is a danger, look out, be conscious of life. And so it's almost like a yin and a yang, the two definitions work together. But in our book, The Opa Way, we named a third definition for Opa. And really it was our travels throughout Greece and reading a lot of the Greek philosophy, but also going to all the villages in Greece. We interviewed a lot of the people in the villages and we realized that they had a very, were living a very meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And we took a look at the lessons that we learned from them and we realized they actually fit into a definition of Opa. The first one is connect meaningfully with others. So that's the O in OPA. The second one is engage with deeper purpose every day and then in a in a bigger um, sense in our whole life. And that's the P. And then the A is embrace life with attitude, all of life with attitude. Mm-hmm. So uh to the two original definitions of OPA, which means excitement and joy of life with lookout. Uh, be aware of life. We've added that third definition.
1: Mm-hmm. So I should mention that you and your husband are the co-founders of the Global Meaning Institute, and and your work often focuses on helping people to discover a, a deeper meaning in their lives and in their work.
0: Yes, the the Greek philosophers taught us to that the goal of life is to live the good life. But nowadays, when we look at the words "the good life," we've we've almost translated that into a materialistic view. Mm -hmm. I know because uh, I worked in advertising and brand management for and innovation management almost for twenty years. So Mm -hmm. I understand the the stresses of business. But I think sometimes when we take a look at the terms "the good life." That's not really what the ancient Greek philosophers wanted for us. They wanted us Mm -hmm. to live the meaningful life.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, what about Epicurus? Uh, A lot of uh, people associate the Greek culture with a kind of Epicurean mentality, and that is often associated with the good life, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Epicurus was an interesting fellow because a lot of his, when you read uh, the, the actual uh, texts, he actually wasn't really into li- uh, living and eating lots of good food. He was really into understanding the basics of life. Mm-hmm. And food, obviously, is one of the basics of life where we connect with other people when we mm-hmm. share food. He He actually recommended that... It's not what we eat. It's actually who we eat with mm-hmm. is more important. Mm-hmm. And that, that, going back to the O and Opa, is connecting with others.
1: Well, there's a sense that I have from my Jewish background, that the Jews and the Greeks interacted with each other for thousands of years. And and I know that uh, from way back there's a Jewish criticism of Hellenic culture, and they use the term apachorus, oh. meaning epicure, uh, Epicurus, and, and it, it suggested to the Jewish people, at least, that the uh, Greeks with whom they interacted, who claimed to be following in the footsteps of the great philosopher Epicurus, were overly self-indulgent.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. I haven't. I'm not aware of. I, that, the I know it's a, of that. It's yeah.
1: it, it's it's not all that well known, but it does suggest there may be a bit of a tension between the sublime teachings of the Greek philosophers and how they get translated or not translated in into the uh, culture itself.
0: I think. Yeah, many times we look at it. We look at the word, eudaimonia, and that was really the ultimate goal in life: is to live a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. But we've translated into, uh, as we have in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the uh, pursuit of happiness. Right, And that's not really what the Greeks were really talking about. They weren't talking about happiness, which mm-hmm. is only the pleasure side of life. Yeah. They actually recommended uh, for all of us to embrace the fullness of life, which is the ups and downs and the joys and sorrows. We can't mm-hmm. be happy all the time.
1: Yeah. Now, I happen to know because I'm a student of the Roman philosopher, Seneca, mm-hmm. who was a Stoic. Uh, but he quoted Epicurus, Epicurus yes. liberally uh, in terms of ideas that were consistent with Stoic philosophy, which is very different from self-indulgence.
0: Yes, I think so. I, it's it's an interesting thing that uh, I, I think we can read a passage. There's so many great, great passages uh, from the Greek philosophers, and I think you can interpret it how you want
1: to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's face it, Greek, Greece is the country that gave birth to philosophy. And philosophy itself uh, means a love of wisdom, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Philosophy, if we take the word philosophy, the it's two root words. The first one is philo, which means love, and sophia, which means wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so we have the word philosophy. It's similar to the word philanthropy. Philanthropy has the same root word philo, which means love. And Anthros, which means humanity, so it's love of humanity. And nowadays, it's it's a similar situation where we've taken a word, philanthropy, and we've somehow translated it into a more materialistic version where we, t- um, say, write a check.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're going to be a philanthropist, we're going to write a check for a certain charity. Where really, if you go back to the Greek roots of that word, we really mean loving each other, and loving humanity. Mm-hmm. And so we've sort of changed that word, too.
1: Yeah. Well, probably a lot of our viewers uh, aren't aware of the fact that about a third of the words that we commonly use these days in the English language have Greek roots.
0: Yes, um, the word, uh, let's say the word um, fear, uh, phobia, mm-hmm. that comes from the Greek words. And, and uh, so we have agrophobia people Mm -hmm. who are afraid to go out. Well, agora was the marketplace. So the word agophobia is the fear of the marketplace going out. Mm -hmm. We have another great Greek word that I love is elastikos, from which we get our word elastic. But elastikos in Greek means being resilient and flexible. So we can see that we can draw the analogy to a rubber band where it goes back, snaps back. But elastikos, I think, is much more metaphysical word, where we really are resilient and and flexible. Mm
1: -hmm. In ancient Greek culture, an enormous transformation took place around 500 BC with the uh, development of uh, philosophy in in Greece. It was uh, some people call it the axial age, because in India and China and uh, other parts of the world, the great spiritual teachers were emerging, at roughly the same time as the Greek philosophers. And uh, the world' view of people uh, was totally changed.
0: Yes, we write about it in in the book, The Opa Way, about how we transitioned from the love of the gods and worshipping the gods and having all the festivals and feeling we needed to appease the gods to moving into understanding our world and nature and the questions about nature, then to understanding ourselves. And the biggest transition, I believe, what happened there was that we went from the external to the internal. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, when we worshipped all the gods and had the festivals, that was more thinking that our, our lives were controlled by external forces. And what the Greek philosophers really helped us do was understand that we are responsible. Man is responsible. Man, in the biggest sense of humanity, we are responsible for our lives. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest transition.
1: And we assume that responsibility by the development of our character.
0: By our character and understanding who we are, not what we have, and Mm -hmm. especially in today's world, what we have materialistically or even what job or career we've chosen. It's who we are as a person. Mm -hmm. What are our characteristics? What are our... um, virtues in life. Uh, Do we believe in courage? Do we believe in compassion? What type of person are we? It's not, it's not, you know, all the the trappings that we have in modern-day society.
1: Mm -hmm. The Greeks were very concerned with the nature of the soul. Um, I understand the Greek word for soul is psyche, from which we derive uh, the word psychology. And today we think of uh, the psyche as meaning the the mind, uh, which obviously overlaps with the soul. But I gather the Greeks had a deeper understanding.
0: They had a deeper, I, I'm going to give them, they, they had a deeper understanding. They really believed that the goal of life is fulfilling our full potential. Mm-hmm. That we all have our individual path. Euripides had a wonderful saying that we there is one life for each of us, which is our own. Mm-hmm. And that we should follow our unique path. We should try to be the best that we can be, and uh, fulfill our true potential, so that when we're on our deathbed, and we have our last breath, we don't feel that we had still unfulfilled potential Mm -hmm. within us.
1: Well, of course, all humans have shortcomings, and, and I suppose it's rare to find a human being who totally fulfills all of their potential, but... Even to hold that up as an ideal is something uh, that the ancient Greek philosophers gave birth to.
0: Yeah, and I think really, when you of course we all have have shortcomings, but it really also goes back to a lot of what we've written in the in the way is about the contrasts and the opposites of life. Because if we didn't have any um, shortcomings or if we didn't have any, let's call them negative experiences in our lives, then we wouldn't be learning and growing. Mm -hmm. And so to sit and reflect on some of our shortcomings, which are reflected through our experiences uh, individually and with others, then that helps us learn and grow um, and be more aware, going back to the word uh, opa, being aware of things that we should work on in our life in order to become mm. the best we can be. And I, I just want to add, too, that mm. the Greeks, the ancient Greeks taught us so much, too, about it's not about self-actualization as far as being just the best I can be for myself. Mm-hmm. They really believe that our talents were given to us by the gods and that our talents flowed through us, and we should offer those talents as gifts to other people. So our talents were given to us for... Uh, society mm-hmm. and that's a different view from I think where we're getting to in modern society where we're very individually Focused, mm-hmm. you know with all our selfies and all our other things is that we're very focused on uh, What can I get right. What can you do for me? Uh, you know a lot of? Uh, I always need help. It's all about me whereas the ancient Greeks really believed in that village concept that we are because of how we interact with each other.
1: Now, you and your husband, Alex Patakos, who uh, is from a a Cretan family uh, have traveled extensively through Greece and researching this book and you found uh, uh, particularly in the villages a uh, sense that the uh, ancient teachings are still alive.
0: Yes, and, and you know, one of the reflections of going through all these villages, we had a wonderful um, I should say first of all, Alex is 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 of Greek heritage, and he's really interested in reconnecting with those roots. And my I myself, I've always considered myself a philosopher from way back, yeah. a love of wisdom.
1: Well, always, and we all have inherited the, mm-hmm. the Greek philosophy is a gift to all humanity.
0: In, and and we're looking at when we go to the villages, as I was going to say that. Uh, and then we come back to our lives, uh, we, in the modern, what we call modern society, mm-hmm. we really reflect on what is important in life. And a lot of the ancient Greek philosophers taught us to almost take possessions that we have in our life and put them in three categories, what is necessary to live, what is unnecessary but we want it, and then what is really totally unnecessary. And I think that's a great exercise for everyone to go mm-hmm. through especially when you have trauma in your life, whether it's a, a financial issue or a health issue or a financial crisis that many countries are going through, um, or even, you know, relationship issues, divorce, mm-hmm. etc., to go through and really question what are the basics in life. Do we need, you know, food? Do we need clothing? Do mm-hmm. we need um connections with others? And then we realize that a lot of what we... um want to acquire in life might be in the unnecessary category, but that's subjective. Everybody has to, you know, consider Mm -hmm. that for themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. If you look at the history of uh, the Greek people, you see that while they had a a great culture in ancient times, they gave birth to philosophy and literally dominated the civilized world. Uh, through the conquests of, for example, Alexander the Great, who, though although Macedonian, was in effect a representative of Greek culture. Um, But subsequently, the the Greek people have been conquered themselves by the Persians, by the Turks, uh, invaded many times by many, many different people. Uh, So, they've learned a lot about the ups and downs of life, I would think, over the millennia
0: it's definitely they have gone there when you understand all their history and you dig deeper and deeper you realize it's amazing how much they've gone through and if we were to characterize the people we met in the villages they are very optimistic people mm-hmm. and Heraclitus said the Sun is new each day and I think that that they live that mm-hmm. every day get up do what you can do a lot of the Greek philosophers taught us to understand epic uh, epic Titus was a one, too, who taught us to understand what we could control in our lives and let the other things go. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that the people that we met in the villages were really living that Greek philosophy today.
1: Now Epictetus since Epictetus, you yes. you mentioned him as an interesting philosopher uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing Albert Ellis the mm. founder of rational emotive psychotherapy who he which he largely based on the teachings of Epictetus who as I understand was a slave
0: He was a slave um and it's interesting because his a lot of his philosophy builds on Um, A lot of the previous philosophers that that I think laid the groundwork and I think we can go back to Socrates who Mm -hmm. Really, I think summed it up when he said the unexamined life is not worth living Mm -hmm. and to really start to question in life Both in work life and in our personal life. What really matters to us? What is meaningful? What is significant? But also to realize, and especially as I know I use a lot of this Greek philosophy in my business world and with our meaning-centered leadership is to really look for innovative ideas, is really asking those questions and saying, is there a better way to do this? Are there different uh, approaches Mm -hmm. to life? So all these Greek philosophers could teach us a lot for modern Mm -hmm. day society.
1: I know you write about uh, certain words that seem central to the to the core of the Greek people you met and also the core of, of Greek philosophy. One of them is, uh, I hope I pronounce it correctly, arete.
0: Arete. Oh, uh, or arete. Arete, and, and uh, it could be the different uh, accents of where, mm-hmm. where you put it. Yeah, And that really um, comes back to, as you said before, character is destiny, and arete is about virtue and character. And it's an interesting um, question because where does character come from? I think all of us have those inner guidance, but uh, is it encouraged in our school systems? Do we even talk about erite or character in our school systems, or are we just teaching about facts and knowledge and mm-hmm. things like that? And uh, my hope is that uh, throughout the school systems and, uh, you know, uh, uh, grade school or high school and even university, that we teach about the meaning of life. And we teach some of these, you know, how to live life to the best and how to fulfill your potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not about, it's not all about getting a job. It's about how to live the meaningful life.
1: Mm-hmm. Another word uh, that I think is very important in, in this regard is uh, philotomo.
0: Philotimo. It might be the Greek pronunciation, Uh and that again will go back to philosophy, meaning philo and Sophia. Philo meaning love, and Sophia meaning wisdom. Philotimo is uh, the love of honor, Uh and that again is a very interesting—I'll say—a very interesting. Uh, characteristic of the Greeks we met in the village. They really believed that you should honor first of all yourself mm-hmm. Respect yourself then respect others others within the village and then others uh, In a broader sense and then also to respect nature mm-hmm. and so uh, Philotimo is a really uh, we uh, Connected to that where well, there's a Greek word krima, Which means is the root word of crime mm-hmm. Uh, but when you dig a little deeper in the metaphysical side of it, it actually means shame. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a wonderful word to really think about crime as being shameful. Shameful for yourself that you're not living up to your full potential. But also shameful in the fact that you dishonored your fellow villagers by doing something that wasn't the best. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's very important in, uh, as you describe in the Greek culture, especially in the villages, that people interact a lot with each other. They all know each other. They spend lots of time together uh at a personal level, connecting.
0: So much today, we, we hear so much. You can read about the studies or you can just talk to people. So many people say they're lonely. Mm-hmm. But when we really look at where the loneliness is coming from, they're isolating themselves. They're not reaching out and in the villages. They really believe that you start with connecting with each other Um Every day they meet in the cafe or it's called the cafe Neil Maybe even two or three times a day and it's really just to it's not about the coffee It's about connecting and and understanding how the person's day went and understanding if they need something mm-hmm. and so um that gives you a sense of security i think in when the world is all crazy around you that you know there's other people there that are are going to help you but then also you have the responsibility to help others but they really you know the whole concept of the village i i would love if we embraced that because so much i know in in the neighborhood we live in it's difficult. We we know more about the celebrities on TV than I know about some of my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And all of us, you know, we drive home and we open the garage doors and we put our cars in the in the garage and we go into the house. And we don't even say hello or wave to the neighbors or even know, knowing what's going on. And so that's sort of a sad, sad time that we've been in. And uh, if we can take that concept of the village and also in my work in in bringing a lot of this Greek philosophy to uh, The business world if we mm-hmm. if we take a look at our our workplaces as villages It would change a lot of how we interact with each other in the work mm-hmm. and We might not look at work as a, you know the the pyramid of what level are you working at? Mm-hmm. And what's your title if we looked at it more as a circle and we interacted with people on a very human basis. Mm-hmm. I think we'd, we'd get, get a lot more out of work and we wouldn't have as much of that, uh, the engagement issues that we have in the workplace. And I know
1: there are companies that are doing that now quite consciously.
0: I think it's really, yeah, it's starting. And mm-hmm. I think there is a, uh, uh, my interest is bringing metaphysics to the work world. And I really believe that there is a shift going on in a lot of the workplaces that we are, um, moving away from a lot of the uh, financial, the only the focus on finances, mm-hmm. and really understanding that it's actually a group of people working in a workplace to try to do something better collectively than they could do alone. And I think with all the disengagement and all the issues we have, people want to belong. They, w- they want to belong in their neighborhoods and they want to belong in their workplaces.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Elaine, we have about three minutes left, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, diet and uh, the you know, propensity that you observed in certain Greek villages for people to live very long, healthy lives.
0: I know. They, they have the secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really... Um, it's interesting. Let's start with the word diet, mm-hmm. actually, itself. Um, the word diet comes from the Greek word dieta which actually doesn't mean the actual food we eat. So whether we choose a a cookie or a vegetable to eat, that's not really what dieta really refers to. Dieta refers to lifestyle. And so in our book, The Opel we wrote about the Opel lifestyle. And that has to do, and this is tracing way back to the Greek philosophers, (coughs) excuse me, it has to do with our full life. Mm -hmm. How much sleep we get, uh, where we live, how we interact with others, do we have a purpose in life, do we feel, uh, do we get outdoors with Mm -hmm. fresh air? It's all those parts of lifestyle, and it's not just about what we had for lunch.
1: Mm -hmm. And at the same time, however, the Greek diet. Or the Mediterranean diet, as it's sometimes called, is is known to be uh, extremely healthy for people.
0: Yes. A lot of people uh, reference back, I don't know, maybe 50 years ago, the Seven uh, seven Countries Study. Mm -hmm. And they found that the men on the island of Crete, which is the largest island in Greece, were the healthiest. Mm -hmm. And they traced it all back to olive oil. And so that was the beginning of really understanding olive oil. But if you dig a little deeper and you read in that study, as I have done, uh, it has to do with that the olive oil facilitated them eating a lot of vegetables and a lot of fish. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the olive oil. I think it, it had to do with their their healthy, natural eating.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe you mentioned visiting one village where there were an extraordinary number of people who uh, were... Over 100 years old.
0: There's a lot of studies going on of what's going on with an Korea is one uh, area where, um, yes, definitely, they have the secret. I don't, you know, and it's it's not, as I said, not just about what we right. eat. It's, it's our attitude. And that brings it all the way back to OPA, which is how do we connect with others, which is the O. How do we have a deeper purpose in life, which is the P. And how do we embrace others? All of life, not just the good times. It's all of
1: life—the mm-hmm. ups and the downs.
0: Ups and downs, joys and sorrows.
1: Finding meaning every step along the way, if possible.
0: Yes, that is our—that's our number one goal in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not—it's not about what type of shoes we wear or what kind of car we drive. It's really looking at: Did we find meaning for myself today? And then, did I help others find meaning?
1: Mm-hmm. Elaine Dundon. What a pleasure to have this conversation with you and uh, to really appreciate that uh, the ancient Greek culture is in many ways still alive in us today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, Jeffrey. And Opa. Opa. And thank you for being with us.